Hosea chapter 5, let us stand, verse number 3. Hosea chapter 5, verse 3. I know Ephraim, and Israel is not hid from me. For now, O Ephraim, thou committest whoredom, and Israel is defiled. They will not frame their doings to turn unto their God, for their spirit of whoredoms is the midst of them, and they have not known the Lord. And the pride of Israel, Israel do testify to his face. They come to the Lord prideful, even though in sin they come to the Lord prideful. Therefore shall Israel and Ephraim fall in their iniquity. Judah also shall fall with them. They shall go with their flocks, their, with their herds to seek the Lord, but they shall not find him. That'd be a bad place to be when you're seeking the Lord and you can't find Him. He hath withdrawn Himself from them. They have dealt treacherously against the Lord, for they have begotten strange children. Now shall a moth month devour them with their portions. Verse number 9 says, Ephraim shall be desolated in the day of rebuke among the tribes of Israel. Have I made known that which shall surely be? The princes of Judah were like them that removed the bound. Therefore I will pour out my wrath upon them like water. Ephraim is oppressed and broken in judgment because he willingly walked after the commandment. Here it is. Therefore will I be unto Ephraim as a moth and to the house of Judah as rottenness. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wounds, then Ephraim to the Assyrians and sent King Jareb, yet could not be healed. You not cure you or your wounds. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We ask you for a special blessing for those who are sick this morning. But Lord, we ask you to touch the ones that are here, Lord. Open our hearts, Lord, that we may know you and grab a hold of you in the day that which we live in, Lord. We know we're coming to the end of this world we know we're coming to the end of times but lord while we're still here we'll praise you we'll glorify you empty yourself and fill me with thy spirit in jesus name we do pray amen you may be seated here in this text god is chasing ephraim and judah i mean you can't miss it in text it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of positive things uh been taken out of the text he's chasing them because of their wickedness their ungodliness, their backslidden hearts. And what he's getting uh, at, at the text and the chastening in them is because they were trying to hide their wicked heart, their wicked uh, uh, heart, they, they hid it and act like they didn't do anything. They had a wicked heart and they ran from God and backslidden against God, the Lord, and then they uh, were prideful to His face. And said, oh, no, we're not doing that. We're doing good. We haven't seen, been serving false gods. We haven't been walking in the ways of the world. We're doing what we're supposed to do. How many of you this morning that you can't hide a, no, you can't hide a heart problem from God? You, you can hide it from me, and I can hide mine from you, but you can't hide a heart problem from God this morning. 
But I'm talking about a, a God this morning that sees the truth in the dark. He sees the truth in the, the deepest hole in the ground. And nobody else can see. You can hide what's going on in your heart and have the best poker face in the world. Smile and nod your head like everything's uh, going all right. Everything's peaches and cream. And what you're uh, living that Christian life that you should be doing, that you're saved and you're right with God when actually you're hiding or putting a mask on that smile and behind that mask of religious face is a heart that is full of iniquity and filth and wickedness. But can I say God said, have a heart that is indeed hoarse this morning, a heart that has no, after, a heart that runs after the lust of this world, not running after the laws of God, but instead running after the things of this world. Outwardly, they are act like they seeking the Lord. In verse 6, they shall go with their flocks and with their herds to seek after the Lord. On the other side, they act like they were coming to the house of God, looking for God. They wanted God to do something in their lives. According to verse 6, it said, But they shall not find him. He hath withdrawn himself from them. That kind of sum like a oxymoron because the Bible said, They that seek him early shall find him. If anybody goes looking for God and seek God, looking for him, they shall find him unless they got a bad heart this morning. Look why the Lord withdrew himself, and, and they couldn't find him. Verse 7, they dealt treacherously against the Lord. They come to the house of God and act like they were looking for God, but God knew the real them. God knew their heart. You can come to the house of God this morning and act like you're seeking God, but God knows your heart this morning. God knew the real heart. They wasn't looking for God they was just doing an outward show. Just saying, I'm going to church. Trying to appease God. Trying to appease the preacher. Trying to appease the people in church. They're trying to pacify the family. I'm going to church. Let's just be honest this morning. Just because you're sitting here this morning in the pews, that your heart really might not be where it should be this morning. I, I've been in this long enough to know that I and you can fake things this morning. But the fact is that we're not fooling God this morning. There is a God that knows uh, if you really are looking for Him or if you're really desiring Him or we're just trying to put on a religious facade this morning. A religious show this morning. In, in the text, this also aggravated the Lord. When they went looking for help, when they decided uh, their life was in a mess and they needed some help, instead of running to the Lord, they ran to all the wrong places looking for help. 
Verse 13, when Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wounds, and then Ephraim and to the Syrians and to the king Jared, yet couldn't be not healed you nor cure you of your wounds. If you're looking for love in all the wrong places this morning, if you're looking for help, if you're looking for grace and mercy and peace at the bottom of a liquor bottle or at the bottom of a pill bottle or entertainment or friendship, you're running to all the wrong places this morning. So many people will run all over the place trying to find something to fill the void in their life. Trying to put salve on the wound that the world and their bad choices have made in their life this morning. But can I tell you, if you're going this morning, you've got wounds, you've got sickness of sin, you've got issues this morning, look no further, you've come to the right place this morning. There is a God in heaven that can help you. There is a God in heaven that will listen to you. There is a God in heaven that will stretch out His arm for you this morning. If you just come clean with Him. And open up your heart. And say, Lord, this is where I'm at. I'm tired of trying to fool you. I'm not going to try to hide from you this morning, but Lord, I need some serious help this morning. If you will just get honest with God this morning, the Lord will help you today. The reason why we don't get help from the Lord is we're not just honest with the Lord this morning. After all the background, if you want to look at the Lord and say, that's, that's these people would be like these people in verse 12. Therefore will, this is God speaking, therefore will be unto Ephraim. There is a word that God teaches us as an eagle, as a serpent, as a lamb. We find he says here as a moth. That's an odd thing for God to say, I'll be like them as a moth. Why would God choose a moth? God, God is, the heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. And God likened himself to this little bitty insignificant insect. It's not even a butterfly. It's an insect that is highly insufficient. Nobody thinks much about a moth. But yet God of heaven said, I am going to be like to these people that is backslidden, to these people that won't listen, these people that got the hard heart. I'll tell you what I'm going to be like to them. I'm going to be a moth to them. Why would God choose them? I understand the eagle. I get the eagle. I understand the serpent. I get the serpent. I understand the lamb. I, I really get the lamb. But I just don't get a moth. But he said, I'm going to be like a moth into these people. I just, I just, it just, it floored me. I'm just telling you, I just, I'm, I'm, I, I had a hard time dealing with this. The God of heaven is going to be like a moth. 
Man, that just fooled me. But I, I studied the moth. There's some things about a moth that I, surprised me when I got to studying it, got to looking at it. Let me give you three things. First of all, the moth is a disturber. A moth disturbs things. I, I don't know about you, but I can tell you from personal experience, there's nothing more aggravating than sitting in your house, kicked back in your recliner, then lights turned down low, and you got that big 70-inch screen TV sitting there. You're watching your favorite show, and all of a sudden, this, this little bitty mall comes and lands right up in the upper corner of your TV. I mean, I've got, I've got 69 inches of TV I can watch, but I'm focusing in on that one little area up there that just disturbs me, and I've got to do something about it. I cannot watch the TV program. That moth flies around and gets off, and I get to back watching. The next thing, it flies right back, and my eyes are fixated on that. It's disturbing my program. It's disturbing my relaxation. It's just messing with me. How many of you have been in the kitchen and doing something in the kitchen, all you hear is bing, bing, bing. You look up and there's this moth flying around in a light fixture up there. And as all you're trying to do is fix something, I'm trying to eat a piece of cake or something, and there's bing, bing, bing all over the place. And it's disturbing me. And I can't do anything else till I take care of that moth. You've been laying in the bed at nighttime. It flies around. You can't sleep. I'm telling you, a moth is a disturber. It disturbs you. And you can't do anything else. You cannot concentrate on anything else until you deal with this moth. You can't continue doing anything. But this little insignificant insect has got me aggravated. And it gets you aggravated. You, you say, what's that got to do with the story? Well, this morning there are some people here that are trying to look uh, around the Lord. They're running from the Lord. And the Lord will tell you what I'm going to be like in your life. I'm going to be that disturber in your life this morning. I, I'm just going to be that still, small voice in your head. I'm just going to be like that little small thing in your life. And in the back of your mind, you're just going to keep hearing it over and over and over. You, you can't get away from it. I'm just going to keep gnawing at it. Nagging at it. I'm going to keep on disturbing you this morning. Can I say that for the thank God for the day that he got disturbing me? In my life. It, it, it was a good day. God started disturbing me. And there were some of y'all this morning. You're getting disturbed by the message this morning. Sitting in church uh, service. I am I, telling you. It, it ain't the preacher disturbing you. It's God inside of you. Nagging at you. Knowing that your heart's not right. Knowing that you've got a hardened heart. Uh, knowing that you're in a backsliding condition. And God is trying to get you back to him. He's just that little moth disturbing you in your life. 
But I'm telling you what, when the wings of the Holy Ghost Spirit gets into your life and brings you down to the altar and you're going to say, Lord, thank you for disturbing my life. That small voice inside of your head telling you, hey, you know you ain't right. Some of y'all can look back in your life and knowing that God got into your head and start telling you, don't do that. Don't go there. And God start disturbing you in different areas and different ways in your life. And you got to say, I've got to get right with God. Maybe he made your bed too short. Maybe your covers wasn't warm. Maybe things start rolling around in, you, in your mind at nighttime when you laid down and you couldn't go to sleep, and that's God. In Luke chapter 19, there's a story of the man named Zacchaeus. The Bible said he was a short man. He, he wanted to see the Lord, but he could not get through the pressed. So he climbed the tree. Now, this man was a wealthy man. This man had all he needed. He had a big house. He had everything he wanted. Why? Why would this man climb a tree to see the Lord? I'm telling you what. God got inside his head. God got to nagging at him. God got to disturbing his life. Something wrong with him. And he had to get a hold of the Lord. Saul, which was Paul, the apostle Paul, was on the road to Damascus. And God knocked him off his horse. The Bible said he looked up to the Lord and said, Lord said, Saul, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. In other words, God said, you know, he was already disturbing him. That still small voice was disturbing him. He's messing with him. I thought about Nicodemus in John chapter number 3. He got out of bed one night. Here's the leader of the Jews. Get out of bed. Come to Jesus by night to talk to him about the new birth. That new birth experience. What would a religious man get out of bed at night and talk to a lowly Nazarene? Something got disturbing him in his life. Maybe the only reason why you're here this morning. You can't even explain it. You don't understand it. I don't, I, preach, I don't know why I'm here. Other than there's something in my life that is disturbing. Bothering me. I, I can't shake it. I can't get it off of my mind. Every time I lay down in bed, I think about eternity. Every time I turn around, I'm thinking about heaven. Every time I turn around, I'm thinking about hell. Every time I turn around, I'm thinking about death. I just can't get rid of it. It's in my mind. It's back in my mind. I just cannot seem to get rid of this thought, that disturbing thought in my mind. You say, what's that? That's the Lord this morning. That's the Lord this morning. That's God disturbing you. You're sitting here this morning saying, I, I wish God would leave me alone. 
I wish God would stop disturbing me. No, you don't. I say the greatest thing God could ever do for an individual is to disturb them. As long as you're still feeling God disturbing you and God bothering you, that means there's still hope for you this morning. That means God is still dealing with you this morning. I will tell you, when you get better, you better get nervous in the service is when God stops dealing with your heart, when God stops bothering your heart, that's when you ought to get nervous, when God stops dealing with you. Not being drawn to the Lord, not wanting to walk with God this morning, I'd get real nervous about that. That's when I start getting real, real nervous. Maybe God is done talking with you. But this morning, if you feel convicted over your sins and you feel bothered over your condition of your life, that is God being a moth in your soul this morning, disturbing you today. A moth is a disturber. It disturbs you. And it disturbs you in all kinds of ways. Here in our text, we find that the people are running to all kinds of places to get rid of this disturbance and aggravation in their life. I'm convinced that many people who have died in the entertainment business, those that in the sports industry had overdosed trying to get rid of that disturbance in their life, they couldn't deal with it anymore. They had all the money, they had all the fame, but there was a void in their life that God was disturbing in them and they couldn't deal with it anymore. You can run to all the things in this world and tell you to run to and you'll still have a disturbance in your heart. The Bible said that they'll satisfy the longing soul and he that filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Jesus said, Come and all the you heavy laden and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take a yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest this morning. There is no peace, said the Lord, unto the wicked. There ain't no rest in this world, I can tell you that. But I'm glad there is a place there is God provides rest. There is a God that provides peace. There is a God that provides, uh, the, uh, soothes the soul this morning. There is a God that has, uh, gives peace this morning. But if you're running after this and that, God will continually be a disturber in your life this morning. Why is God disturbing me? Because He loves you this morning. He loves you too much to let you do what you want to do. Go where you want to go. He knows the end results of the life. He wants you to come to Him. There is rest and peace, joy, hope, and love. We, we see the moth is the disturber in your life. A moth is a devourer. It devours things. He said, I will be unto Ephraim as a moth, and to the house of Judah as rottenness. 
I, I looked up that word moth. And it's interesting that that word moth is only mentioned in the Bible ten times. And six out of the ten times that it's mentioned, it is dealing with the moth devouring things. It, it deals with something being moth-eaten. Or it's like Jesus said in the Gospels, lay up, your, lay up yourself your treasures in heaven where the moth nor rust doeth corrupt and where thieves cannot break in through the steel. You'll find a moth eaten at hidden things in the dark. My grandmother used to have old cedar chest. And she kept it at the foot of her bed for years and years and years and years. As long as I was a little boy, I could remember it being there. She, I'd rarely ever seen it open. One day we went in there, and just for the heck of it, I thought, well, I'll just open this thing and see what's in it. I opened it up, and all of a sudden some things flew out. I didn't know what it was. I said, what's them? She said, oh, them are moths. I said, what are they doing in there? And then I ate half of the clothes up in her. Had holes in her clothes and everything. Why, why'd you allow them to do that? Moth will eat in the dark places in your life. It'll get that the dark place and start eating at you over and over and over. It's a devourer. You, you may be sitting here this morning like uh, you got it all together, like everything's smooth in your life. But I'm telling you, a moth will do it it will get down into the things that are hidden and covered up in your life and eat at that thing. And start eating on that. You've got it covered up, you're hidden it up. The preacher doesn't know about it. My friends don't know about it. Nobody knows about it, you're wrong. There's a reason why you're having to drown your sorrows in the bottom of the bottle. Sirs, there's a reason why you always run and as a dog return to his vomit. The soul returning to the wall of the wine. There's a reason why you keep having to seek that stuff out. You're trying to hide that gnawing at your soul that the moth is doing. Softly and tenderly, the Lord will continue to eat at you. You have that old saying, what's eating you? Remember before I, I remember when I got saved, my joy was a wreck. Scared all the time. Think about dying, think about hell. I, I, I was messed up. I had no joy, I had no peace in my life. It just kept gnawing at me. And it gnawed at me at a place that nobody knew about, nobody could see. Everybody look at me and say, well, he's all right. But inside, I wasn't right. It just kept gnawing at me. My soul, my heart. Can I tell you what God will do if you push off that tender gnawing in your soul this morning? That's being like a moth in your life. Watch, watch the progression of the Lord. Lord starts saying, I'm going to gnaw at you like a moth. But if you turn off that, if you push that away and keep rejecting that tenderly, genderly gnawing at your soul, if you turn that off, he says, watch what I'm going to do. Watch what I'm going to be then. 
verse 12. He said, I'll be like a moth. But if you turn that off and keep put, running uh, to the places to find help other than where him, he says, watch verse, uh, verse 13, but watch 14, for I will be under Ephraim as a lion. He was a moth, but now he said, I'll be a lion. What a change. What a difference from a moth. A little bitty insignificant moth. Now he's turned into a lion. You either respond to that tender gnawing at the soul. Well, he says, I'll be like a lion. And I'll start ripping and tearing at your soul then. If you don't appreciate that tender drawing of the Lord this morning, and that small fashion in your life this morning, that small disturbance was small devouring, then I'll show you what God can be going to do. He's going to run at you full speed as a devouring lion. I, I, I've watched God devour people. They, they, God dealt with them that tenderly and genderly dealing with them in their lives and they, God knew there was wrong and they tried to hide it and you could see it in their face you could see it in their life that God was dealing with them and they kept pushing it off and pushing off and then God says I'm tired of it and then God comes at them like a roaring lion ripping and tearing their lives up get them out of whack Drastic measures God will use to start ripping things apart in your life. I can testify that because I am one of those people today. I, I tell you, I wish I had responded when God was just a moth in my life. But I pushed it off, pushed it off. God says, now I'm going to come at you like a lion. We, we serve a long-suffering God. We serve a God that's got mercy, a God that's got gracious. But I'll tell you something, we even God has got patience runs out sometimes. We preach so long on this generation of mercy, long-suffering, and thank God for that. Don't get me wrong. Thank God for that. It's in the Bible, and I preach that to people. But it's like we have gotten everything out of balance this morning. That's all we preach about is the long-suffering. Can I say that's not all God is? For God can be pushed to the point where God starts tearing stuff up, where God starts ripping stuff, and you can pray and say, God, Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he reap this morning. You cannot play with God. God will start tearing things up in your life. If you, if you feel that, that tender gnawing at your soul this morning, I, I suggest you come and say, God, here I am. I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to lay it out. This is what I am. I'm just going to give it all to you because if you don't, I'd be scared that when he does come back again, it's not going to be as a moth but as a lion. I'd get worried. I'd get afraid. Moth is not only a disturber. Moth is not only a devourer. 
But a moth is a developer. I got to thinking about a moth, and I was reading that moth. Bees are not the only ones that pollinate other flowers. Bees are not the only ones that plant the seeds when they go to do pollination. The bees are not the only ones. The moth also does the same thing. It's like those little tiny seeds when they fly and land on the flower and they take and, uh, and get attached to the legs. You ever, you ever swiped out a moth and hit it and the dust just come off? Ask them little seeds when it lands on the flowers. That's what happened. God uses when he starts disturbing your life, devouring your life. That's what the Bible says, being born again. Not of a corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You, you know, a problem with a lot of people. I'm preaching to something to you this morning that can change your life. Something that can help you this morning. A new birth, born again this morning. It's something that can develop your life. And what most people will do is just brush it off. I, I'm doing all right. I don't need that. You keep brushing it off. Keep passing it off. I ain't going to the altar. I ain't getting right with the Lord. I know God is dropping some seeds in this wicked heart of mine, but I'm just going to keep brushing them off. I'm telling you, there's no guarantee on how many times God will start keep dealing with your heart this morning. He's not going to keep dropping those seeds into your life forever. Letting you keep brushing them off, brushing them off. Every time God deposits them and you brush them off. These moths sends the seeds of development that can bring growth in your life and change in your life. Watch what happens when it does happen. In chapter 6, verse number 1 says, Come, let us return unto the Lord. They got disturbed. They got devoured. They realized they were wrong. They realized they were messed up. Their life was messed up. They realized they had turned from God, ran from God. They realized they were trying to fool God, and God saw the heart. Come, let us return unto the Lord, for He hath torn, and He will heal us. He hath smitten, and He will bind us up. Yes, it was God that disturbed you. Yes, it was God that had done some devouring in your life. It's the same God that will do some developing in your life if you just come to Him. God will put things back together in your life when it's all messed up, when the world is messed it up, the devil is messed it up, and everything's going wrong in your life. God can take and bind those things up and make your life right again. He can cause some development in your life. He can change your life and put you on the right path this morning. God may have torn it up and God may have spent it up, but God can bring it all back together. And maybe some of you did this morning are sitting here and God is dealing with you over and over and over. I'd come to the altar. 
Because like I said, God's patience gets thin sometimes. And he'll stop dealing with your soul. Don't get to the point where God start, stops dealing with you. Let God come and change your life. Let God come and direct your life again. You may be sitting here and that small voice is inside your head saying, you know, you know, you know you've done this. You know your heart's not right. I come to the altar this morning. Get right with God. Get my heart right with God this morning. I know I've been there. I know what it takes. Let's bow our heads this morning.